birthday. So, how does it feel to be old? How does it feel to be a smartass? Kinesiology is the study of change. It is growth, then decay, then transformation. Hey, how much money is that? That's about 700 grand. Make those tires shine, huh? Sean. Lately, it just seems quieter. You understood what I've just said to you? Yes. Lung cancer. Inoperable. There's always a way you're gonna get the best treatment. Am I supposed to leave you with all that debt? You wanna cook crystal meth? You know the business. And I know the chemistry. What I want, what I need, is the soul of Detroit. <laughs> What does anybody want? What does anybody need other than the soul of Detroit? And I, I have to say, I think the answer is, is nothing. But, uh... But I'd like to hear from our good friend, Mark Fellhauer, on this topic. What topic? Who, who needs us? What, what, more, what more does somebody need? Clearly, Sean doesn't need us because he's not here today. Yes, Sean is on the road. Um, if you can, can see us on Facebook or YouTube, <laughs> the, empty chair. the Sean Cam is there um, making its normal contributions. And it looks like there's a jersey there from, uh, from uh, Drew's Man Crush. Gibby. Kirk yeah. Gibson. In fact, there's a poster. You can see the poster, Kirk Gibson, and you can see the Gibby jersey and uh, and the aura. We're a lot of Gibby aura. action down here. A lot of baseball action down here too. Yeah, I wonder is when when uh, when Gibby comes in the studio and Drew's here. Is the is the electricity? Does the does the arms on this on the on arms and the nostrils stand up? What? I mean, do you feel that, the that hair? charge? The hair. Did oh, I, the oh, hair. What did I say? The arms on the nostrils. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, without Sean, it, yeah, we're sorry. having to carry so much meant. more of the load. It's just it's staggering. I just thought I'd point that out. I knew what you meant. Does, do yeah, the, I think do everybody, gets, everybody gets a little giddy when Nick Gibby's around, right? Okay. He's an electric man. Okay. Well, the, the Tigers. A Spartan alum, too. Could use one of the, could have been a first-round draft pick in the NFL if he had said he was willing to play. One of the fastest guys in the base paths, uh, up and down the sidelines, a beast, um, you know, pretty, pretty tough. Guy. Did, have they ever said, or has he ever said whether he thinks that his Parkinson's may have been caused by a lot of the, the contact oh boy, he that's took a in good football? Question. Because he was not one of these wide receivers who would shy away from contact. No, I mean. but typically, um, well, a couple things. Let me ask you, because I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor and I know, but Parkinson's, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali had it, right? Yes. And people naturally assumed it was... It's like a CTE type of thing. Exactly. Right. But I believe they came out later and said, it's not directly related, but it can make the onset of it uh, appear quicker. Does that make sense? Um, Repeated blows can make it happen sooner, but it's not really... It doesn't really like It triggers it. it? Yeah, almost. Okay. Um, but wide receivers typically don't get CTE either. It's usually linemen, linebackers, the quick repeated hits. Not the big concussional hits. Okay. Well, well, whatever it is. Uh, I have my medical degree. The Tigers 
could use Gibson. <laughs> we just ended a season where they did surprisingly well. I think were they eight games under five hundred? They in were the nine end? games under five hundred the whole year and finished eight under. So they finished strong. So that's great. Uh, yeah, sure. But this was the twentieth anniversary of the worst season in Tiger baseball. One of the worst seasons in all of baseball history, where the Tigers were threatening to equal the ineptitude record set by basically an expansion team, the New York Mets. And you may not remember this, but it was only by an incredible winning streak at the end of the season that they were able to avoid that ignominious mark. And it was partly because Ron Gardenhire, who would later manage the Tigers, put his scrubs in Mm. for the high-flying Minnesota Twins before they got into the playoffs. Tigers waxed them. I was at most of those games as a fan, and then the last game as a reporter. You went to most of the 119 loss season? No, no, most of that last homestand oh, okay. where they were playing Minnesota. The weather was really nice, and it was kind of a... So I weird. think we just so weird. We were just able to go. I don't know. But man, oh, man. Who else was there? Was anybody there? Or was so, it, I would think it would be totally empty. It was. It, there was a lot of room. And I was still, I think, winding up my beer man career. Ah. So... You know, that's why I was there as a fan, because there were so few fans that season that if you were a beer man and you heard somebody yell cold beer, they were selling it, not buying it. So it was it was a terrible, terrible uh, year for the vendors. But the uh, the stands were almost empty and Gardenhire rested his basically his stars thinking, well, let's get him refreshed for the playoffs. In the end, the twins who were heavily favored in the playoffs Got wiped out, I think, because their guys were a little rusty. They were a little slow. Like when the Tigers made that World Series in, I think, 2006, and they essentially swept their way in. By the time the playoffs started, they looked like Polanco, who there was nothing he couldn't hit, all of a sudden could hit anything. You're right. They won five of their last six that season. I do not remember that. And it's, it's funny. As bad as that team is, I'm looking at some of the names of the players on there, and they're they're well-known names. Some guys hung around. Guess who was on that 2003 team? That's what I'm looking at. Inge. A.J. Hinch. A.J. Hinch was? Oh, yeah, there yeah. he is. Yeah. Hit 203 that year. Yeah, which is why he's a manager. Although now, 203, he could be a starting catcher for the Tigers any time over the last five years. <laughs> did, you wa- did you watch the final homestand with Miggy? No, I was no. in East Lansing, but I had the opportunity to go to the game and sit in a suite, uh, but I decided not to maz it because we had a Red Wings season ticket draft party, which is really just a Zoom call, not much of a party. And then I had an early hockey game. We had a six thirty start, so I couldn't make the game and then make my game. By the way, which on, the Bulldogs won five four nail biter, hung on at the end. Speaking of sports, I wanted to ask you. I totally forgot about this. Um, on Thursday, I'm sitting there watching the Lions game, and I was behind because uh, I was working. And I get home, so I'm catching up on, you know, the DVR. And there's messages going off, the group text, because everybody always talks during the Lions game. And I'm ignoring them. And then I see a text from Elric. And I'm like, Uh Elric, huh. I wonder what he wants. I can't believe he's actually watching the Lions game. And guess what? You weren't watching the Lions game. You were watching, um, for the second time, I believe you were watching Ted Lasso. Uh, well, I thought it was the second time, but then I realized I'd missed half of the shows in the second season. So a lot of that, what happened at the end of the second season but finally was, made I, sense to me. I was blown away that you would rather watch a show you've already watched than watch the Lions on Thursday Night Football, play Green Bay. 
Uh, it was white noise. I was working on my column, and I, I sometimes will have something like that in the background just to... Uh, well, wouldn't the lions be better white noise? I'm fascinated by your anti-lion stance. No, the lions would not be better white noise. I, I don't understand why you're so anti-lions. It's a fun I'm not, team. I'm not anti-lions. I'm indifferent. I have uh, a hostile indifference. I guess uh, that's what well, I would say. I'm going to be indifferent. Well, okay. Because I'm indifferent. When somebody says I should care, I get mad. And like, why yeah, should I care? I don't, don't want to have to care about it. It's sports. They're entertaining. They're a fun team to watch. Maybe this year they are, but there are many. And I already, I'm gonna, I'm I already gonna, have, I already have a frustrating football team to watch. I can't be a Spartans fan and a Lions fan. It's just I don't have the capacity. My, uh, my soul is not that deep. So, how much of that game, the Michigan State game on Saturday night, did you watch? Everything but the first two plays, because I was en route from one house to another house. So it was, I saw the whole wretched thing. That was one of the worst football games I've ever seen. It was the second. It's terrible. It was the second game in a row where the Spartans could have won and did everything possible to not win. And I was talking to a fellow Spartan of mine in the locker room on Sunday before a hockey game, and Mm -hmm. I said, do we think that if Mel Tucker was still the coach and we didn't have all this drama and all this distraction that we could have won those games? Yeah. And he said, yes. I think we could have. Yes. And that's, that's so, hard yes. so I don't know whether to be angry that Tucker is basically destroyed himself um, and cost us games that we could have won or grateful that, yeah, we could have won them but we're still on a very good team and maybe it's time to reset. And of course I only put it in that context because he has not been found guilty or not guilty of abusing someone who has been uh, a victim of trauma. So I don't want people to think that I only care about Mel Tucker and the Spartans in the context of winning and losing. But uh, while that's still in abeyance, I have to look at it only as Mel Tucker is not the coach now, and uh, and the other conversation we can get back to another time because we're going to hear more about that because I think the hearing is coming up this week, maybe even fifth, sixth, seventh, something like that. Hope so, pointless. so yeah, so we'll see. Um, but this show, in the meantime, is brought to you by Luke Nowacki and Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. Luke will help you manage your money, set you up for the kind of retirement that everybody deserves. The Cadu Cafe, the pride of the east side, great music, great food, great times. We'll tell you more about that a little later on. And the Michigan Peddler, summer is over, fall is here. And as you know from the weather, it's going to be in the 80s again. Why, yeah, not, well, why not cruise around downtown, midtown, and corktown on a bike with some friends and some libations? Michigan Peddler is the way to go if you want to get the most out of this beautiful season. And to answer a question you had a, a minute ago, Mark, there were 19,000 people at that last game 19, at Comerica wow. Park. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and a no, wordsmith it, wrote, somebody call the commissioner. The season that couldn't end soon enough somehow ended just as the Tigers were heating up. In a scene reminiscent of, frankly, nothing in recent Tiger history, nearly 19,000 fans waved signs, cheered, and in a few cases, dressed as Tigers for a game with none of the import but all of the excitement of a playoff game. And there was one guy, Mark Hoffman of Harrison Township, who said, I'm watching the Tigers beat up on the Twins so they don't get the worst record in baseball. We've won three of the last four games since Thursday night. Five of the last six. And, uh, yeah, they uh, people were willing to overlook 
all this crappy stuff. Guess what else was going on Who back then? Who wrote this? What? What else was going on? Stanley Cup playoffs, which at one oh, time yeah. was relevant to... Remember April right. and the D? We used to have Pistons, <laughs> Tigers. God, that's so depressing. Red Wings playing meaningful yeah. games. No, no, nothing like that. And and I'll tell you, this... That, uh, that's what made the 06 season so amazing. You know, 24-game turnaround from 05 and how bad they were. And then I forget, just because they had been lousy... Um, that they lost 114 games, what, a few years ago, five years ago. Yeah, no, they've been, the, the peaks have been high and the valleys have been super low. But but this isn't a sports podcast. We, we have a special guest joining us a little later, a student at Michigan State. We're going to connect with her after class, unless she's taken on some sort of extra credit assignment, about a professor she had in a kinesiology class who came on kind of strong, kind of weird, and then kind of disappeared, and the students got together and started talking about this cat. And because they are millennials, they know how to use the Internet, and very quickly they found out that this dude had some problems in Louisiana with a little thing the kids like to call meth. And so she's going to tell us about how they basically, this kinesiology class turned out to be the Scooby-Doo kids and solved this mystery. In fact, I wish I had them in my advanced reporting class because it sounds like they have some real journalistic chops so uh, she will be joining us a little later on to tell us how this dirty deal went down. And I'll tell you, as someone who is an adjunct professor at Michigan State, just as this guy was, you go through a lot of paperwork to get that yeah. job. Oh, my God. So I would assume they do background checks, all that fun stuff? Absolutely. So how do the students solve this quicker than any kind of background or vetting process by the university? Well, that's what I want her to tell us, yeah. because we, we will get into this story. This story was broken by the state news, by the way, last uh, week. And uh, when they started doing some digging into this guy's criminal record, there's a lot of weird things there. And we're oh, gonna, really? We're going to get into that a more, little More bit than just later. meth? Well, just, you know, how they keep records in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. By the way, did you, did you ever get those textbooks when you were a kid where you open it up and there's a stamp on there and it says... Your name, your school, your county, and then said your parish underneath it? No. Okay, maybe I'm that much older than <laughs> or you. Or I just didn't pay attention. Why? Yeah. Well, you know, you look at county and you're like, okay, and then yeah, you see parish. parish. Like, why do they care what church I go to? Oh, because in Louisiana, I think it's the parishes. only state in the union where they call counties parishes. So everything down there is just a little. A little different, different. Yeah. a little weird. Not surprising that Charlie LaDuff has some roots in Louisiana because he's a different kind of a, cat. a lot of flavor down there. Uh, yes, and not just not just Cajun spice, and not just uh, Tabasco sauce, because they put that shit on everything, and uh, apparently not on their record keeping. Because I wouldn't say it's spicy good; it's not good at all. How how do you view this this story? Are are you embarrassed? Are you do you roll your eyes like oh here we go again, or do you kind of laugh at just the pure ineptitude of who this professor is, what he pulled off? <laughs> I, I find how he treated his students the first two days. Kind of funny in a weird sort of way because he sounds like a total hothead. But I just wonder, what is your overall view of it? Are you yeah. mad about it? So let me be a little predictable here, uh, which may be perceived as defensiveness. But at least he wasn't banging some of his students like music teachers at another major university in the state of Michigan. Because as we've said on this show before, this crap happens on every campus, unfortunately. But I'm embarrassed as hell. I mean, this is not the kind of headline Michigan State needs. We have enough problems like this. But I'm super surprised about this guy because if you have a new gig, and clearly it sounds like this is someone who's looking for a fresh start, you start off 
all cookies and cream. You start off all sweetness and light. You don't come on like uh, like gangbusters. And anybody who's taught kids these days know that they are not real slow to call somebody and say, something's not happening here that I like. This is not the way it should be. They will complain about your ass. Oh, yeah. Lickety split, sometimes justifiably. Yeah, they're in charge now. They're customers Yeah, now. as they're in not, this they're case. They're not students anymore. Well, I'll tell you with what they're customers. paying... They should get everything there entirely because these these tuition costs are ridiculous. Yeah, part of the problem. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean this this guy clearly is a dingbat, and uh, and we'll find out just exactly how goofy he was. It's as close to a victimless crime though as possible, isn't it? I mean, he was making meth for himself, right? I don't think he was selling it or distributing it, was he? So I don't know. Uh, you know, based on how the story was written. Yeah, well, see, it's all very confusing. So I guess well, let's let's get it. Let's get a little background sure. on this. So he was uh, arrested after he was seen packing a moving truck at his residence. This is according to Alex Walters of the State News. He was charged with creation or operation of a clandestine laboratory for the unlawful manufacture of a controlled dangerous substance. This is according to a press release from the La Fourche Parish Sheriff <laughs> Craig Wabry. And, uh, yeah, he, um, he got arrested. <laughs> what happened next? We don't know. The prosecutor, who the state news said would have handled the case, said they have no records of him being tried or sentenced. But Captain Brennan Mathairn of the La Forge Paris Sheriff's Office said an email to the state news that based on our jail records, I can see that he was found guilty and served a sentence and was released. So... Pretty good reporting by this young guy to go both to the prosecutor and to the sheriff to say, well, do you have any records of this guy? But the uh, the sentence didn't appear on the criminal background check MSU conducted before hiring Doyle. That's according to MSU Deputy Spokesman Dan Olson. If you're wondering who Dan Olson is, mm-hmm. he's the guy you saw at that pathetic press conference with Adam Allen oh, Haller yeah. and, uh, and interim, interim president. president Teresa Woodruff saying, okay, now they're going to take some questions. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, maybe these background checks are not as thorough, or maybe they well, did call down clearly. to Louisiana, and depending on who you ask, the guy's got a record, or he doesn't have a record. And I'm, I presume that he didn't disclose this I, in I, his uh, in his application because you fill out a lot of paperwork. They don't just let you get in front of a class and say, "Hey, I know something about <laughs> kinesiology. Let me tell you all about it." You have to know. What's going on? So it's. Uh, I wonder if, if he fell through the cracks because he was uh, arrested in March of 2020, right? So COVID's going on. Is it just one of those things where, eh, okay, it's meth. We'll let him go. Yeah. Well, this guy's not going to go teach because he was he was teaching down there, right? Nickel State. Yeah, Nickel State. So not not an insignificant institution. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think that they would contact Nickel State. You know, you'd contact a previous employer and say, hey, yeah. what's going on? But but my guess is being an adjunct, this kind of background check is they pay a certain fee and they run your records. And for all we know, they only check your Michigan records. And this may be something where the guy skips around. Like it, it was well known for many years, and I think this has changed over the last 20 years, that if you were a doctor or some sort of professional that had trouble and you were in a profession where uh, your your services were in high demand – you went out to Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, yeah. Alaska, because they're like, uh, you know, hey, I'm a doctor, but I might have killed some guys. Oh, did you say you're a doctor? 
we need a doctor. Yeah, and I wonder, and I don't, I would be very surprised if he chose Michigan State because he thought, oh, they're not going to vet me that well. I mean, there's no way he would know that, right? I mean, just it's a job opening that he applied for under yeah, a different it, different name too, I believe. Uh, well, he he had a bunch of aliases. Yeah, so it was it was like if I went as M. Lewis Elric as opposed to Michael L. Elric mm-hmm. or M. L. Elric. So you know, and and his last name. My point being that this his last have, name is not that uncommon, right? I mean, it's it's Doyle. So based on the number of Irishmen roaming around this country, finding a guy named Doyle, there's probably quite a few of them out there. But but yeah, what a. You know, what a dumb shit. And who knows, maybe he got Total caught up shit. in something. But you don't come in uh, no, guns blazing on a class. That's just, <laughs> you know, y- you want kids to say, like, who is this asshole? Let's let's posse up and figure out if we can't figure out well, what this cat's all about. If he That's the best way if to he do wasn't it. such a hothead in his first two classes, the first two classes of the year, they never would have looked this up. And then he took the next three classes off because he wasn't feeling well. Well, that's the other thing. Where is this dude? You know, I, I I taught at U of M Dearborn for quite a while, and there was there was the uh, it's the Harvard of the the of Southeast Michigan, no. but the um you know th- there were some times where the class was at night and you're on deadline, so you're going to be there late. Well, by the time you're there late, that class is buzzing. They're like, where you where you been? Where you up to? People are people are getting pretty worked up because they're there. And I would always warn my students, hey. I'm a working journalist. If news happens, I'm going to be late. Here's how you can call me. I'll try and get a message to somebody, let you know what's going to happen. But when news happens and you're a journalism teacher teaching a night class, you know, shit happens. But students are like, hey, man, we're paying for the, you. You got to be here. And, can't imagine you being late. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. What are you it's crazy. Sean here. But, um, yeah, no, that was, that was, this guy is a total total bonehead so we are hoping to connect with the student who uh who really made this thing happen uh in the meantime let's do a little business let's tell people how how luke can set them up for for a better future in case their criminal record somehow impedes them from making money the way they'd hoped or or the meth business just doesn't pay dividends like they expect it's probably good for them to have a retirement plan so that they don't have to count on all the walter whites i don't know um, if he can i don't think he can uh, he cannot launder money. I don't want to be very definitive. No, no, he, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that if that's your plan and it doesn't work out, it's best to have Luke on speed yeah. dial so that he can tell you how to make a good future for yourself legally. Give him your legitimate money, the money that you have um, told the government that you earned, and he'll help it grow, right? Give Luke Nowacki a call, 248-663-4748. Uh, free consultation. See what money you have if you're on target to meet your goals. Uh, Luke will help you out with that. Uh, he knows his way around the market pretty well. So that's Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Because when you call Luke, he'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Bonaic Wealth. Sync member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Bonaic Wealth. Sync is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent. Bonaic Wealth. Sync. <laughs> Good old Luke. Totally legit businessman. Make, 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 make no mistake about it. Um, Kaju Cafe, they have got a lot going on this month. Every Monday, it's Blue Monday. They've got open blues jam, and of course, it's muscle madness, all-you-can-eat muscles. That is a Belgian delicacy that all kinds of other people like. Maybe you've heard of moule frites. That's French mm, for yeah. mussels and French fries, and that's some pretty, pretty good stuff. They will keep that coming until you say surrender. Tuesday... 
Kind of quiet there. Wednesday, karaoke. Thursday, Brian Charette Trio. Oh, Friday, WLLZ 106.7 presents Motor City Rocks 2023 for a mere $10. Will they see Trudy Daniels there, perhaps? If they ask her, because she won't say no. Joe, do you, an, Joe, do you appearance. know, producer Joe, is is is, uh, is mom's going to be there at the Cadre Cafe on Friday? If so, we may have to meet you up there. No. Oh, <laughs> some sweet pipes there. Uh, Stereo Kings are going to be there on Saturday, along with Ethos. And on Sunday, musical fundraisers for Dylan Dunbar from 1.30 to 10 o'clock. And, of course, Muscle Madness again on Monday. So find out more about the Cadu at cadjucafe.com. That's Cadu, C-A-D-I-E-U-X, Cafe, C-A-F-E. I'm going to help you, even though you should know that one, dot com. Find out what's going on. Kitchen is open super late. It's open till midnight, Monday through Thursday. Uh, great times for great food. So No, excuse me, excuse me. Kitchen's open until 10 o'clock. No, no. What, are you changing it? What, are you in charge over there? There's so much going on at the Cadu Cafe, it's tough to keep it straight. Let me be clear on this. They just did a whole cleaning too, right? They did. Everything is, it's, it's spick and span. So full menu available until midnight, Monday through Saturday until 10 p.m. on Sunday. So it's midnight every other night, 10 p.m. on Sunday. So get your ass over there. While we, wait, while we wait for Mackenzie before we move on, um, I wanted to get your take on something political in the world and what, what you may come Oh, in. boy. Were you surprised to see that James Craig is running for the Senate seat? former chief of, uh, of police. I'm surprised that he's running now because I think he had a clear path. And now Mike Rogers. Roger, yeah, that's the guy to beat, right? From the running. Republican side. Peter Meyer is talking about running from the west side of the state, who presumably has all the money he can possibly yeah. need because he's part of the Meyer family and because there's a lot of political money for Republicans on the western side of the state with... Uh, with the DeVos family and some other folks who have been very politically active. Um, and Rogers, Rogers is going to face some carpetbagger charges because he's kind oh, really? of been living out of the state for the last little while. And because he was talking about running for president and had some sort of notions, some delusions of grandeur, perhaps. But he's a guy, Mike Rogers can bring in a lot of money, right? Is I, he a I think good he fundraiser? absolutely will. And there are yeah. tons of Republicans who love him and have been, praying for him to get involved in Michigan politics again. So I think that Mike Rogers is going to be really formidable. And Chief Craig, I mean, you know, building an organization is tough. Now you have two other major players who are going to be building organizations. And the last organization Chief Craig put together cost him his candidacy yeah. for governor. So who does he turn to? And he's been saying when I talk to him that, you know, I'm really waiting for national Republicans to get me going. They're the ones who have to bring me into this. These, they're the ones who have to present a plan because he, like many people, have no has no faith in the state Republican Party. But I you know, I haven't seen national Republicans beating a door to uh, to the east side to try and get the chief in the race. I think this notion that, you know, that I need to be drafted, that I need to be recruited, it's like, no, if you want to run, you should run. What's going on? Yeah. So this this anointing uh, that speaks a little bit to I think being a little disconnected from the process speaks a little bit to ego, and it also may speak to someone who's expecting other folks to carry the load. And, and I will tell you, as a one-time candidate, and it's one of the reasons why I will never be a candidate again. What is there's all kinds of people 
who you count on. There's all kinds of people who say you can count on them. There's all kinds of people who make promises. And in the end, a lot of it comes down to you. And if you're not willing to be in charge, and if you're not willing to work harder and drive this than anybody else, it don't go anywhere. And I think the things that Chief Craig has been saying make me question whether he absolutely understands that. Now, as a chief of police, I'm sure he's run into this same thing before. But, you know, uh, when you're a chief of police, the people who rely on you, that's their career. When you're a candidate, they're like, well, we lost that race. We go mm. on to another one. There's always another candidate. There's always another election. It's a completely different dynamic. I, so. I, I like him. I, I mean, he's, he's a good guy. Uh, but I just I sit here and I go, God, he's 67. But and, but I, then again, I do this with So speech. he's, what, uh, 23 years younger than Dianne Feinstein? That's what I was just going to say. You think of all these. Um, He'd bring down the average age I, in the Senate. <laughs> Why would you want? I don't. I don't know. I don't know why anybody would want to do it at a youthful age, much less you know when you're 67 and had a successful career. And I, you know, well, but I, everyone's not me, and everyone's made differently. It's like I would just rather. Well, people know, who run my stuff time like to run stuff, and Chief Craig likes being a boss, and I think he feels like he's got something to offer. I think he feels like he can bring a perspective and a sensibility to that job that, uh, that it needs. And so, you know, if he's running, I think I would wish him the best of luck. I would wish him better luck putting together a team than he had last time. And I'm, I'm sure he's learned something from that, but now we've gone from a Senate race where it was Alyssa Slotkin and even Republicans saying, Oh, I like Alyssa Slotkin. She's going to be tough to beat huh. to now a very crowded yeah. Republican primary Which, with some it's a good thing some high profile candidates. I mean, I went to the Mackinac Policy Conference back in May, and the column I wrote was, "Where are all the Republican Senate candidates?" Yeah, and now they're coming out of the woodwork. So, so we'll see. We, you know, we'll invite the chief back on the show. He's always got a lot to say, but um, but yeah, no, I think that was an interesting headline today. As was the Crumbleys, Ethan Crumbleys' yes. parents. Mm -hmm. uh, breaking news. Uh, here's how I found out about it uh, uh, <laughs> my boss who's covering for my wife's boss called me to say why isn't your wife asking answering her phone and then i said here's the phone answer this call and it turns out the supreme court has declined to get involved in this so it looks like ethan crumbley's parents are headed to trial on basically charges of being shitty parents yeah who Which, were I mean, so bad that other parents were deprived of the joy of their own children because Ethan went of, to school and mowed them down. I think the court of public opinion is unanimous in finding them guilty of being terrible, terrible parents. Uh, apparently, though, that's not uh, exactly how the law is written. And, and I'm, are you surprised it made it all the way to the Supreme Court? Well, actually, it didn't because the Supreme Court declined, they declined it. it. But, but yeah, but I mean, that, that, it got, that they got well, appealed all the way up there? I'm not surprised their lawyers fought all the way to the Supreme Court to basically say... You know, hey, we don't want these guys to go on trial. The the one thing, and this would be really risky, and I understand why they didn't take this risk, but they've been locked up. Two years. The longer this thing drags out, yeah. the more time they do without being proven guilty. So if they think this case is so shitty, they might have said, hey, let's go to trial right now because the sooner we're found not guilty or the sooner we have a hung jury or acquitted or whatever, the sooner we can get out. Is that the feeling, though, that... that they, it is a strong case that they will be found guilty of this. 
I think the feeling is that this is an extraordinary case in that we can't find any place else in the country where people have faced similar charges. I mean, parents have been found, have been charged with crimes because their kids shot somebody, like leaving sure. a gun unattended, and it might be yeah, something that like... that first grader in Virginia, right? The mom got charged. Well, and I think boyfriends and dads sure. and other people have been charged in Michigan and in Wayne County with, you know, not having control of their weapon, but that's not... That's not as heavy a charge as essentially being an accessory to murderer, which is kind of what is being suggested here. Yeah, through their negligence. Yeah, Just so that's him and yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty. That's pretty extraordinary, and um, and uh, you know, I I don't I don't know where it's going to go. It's a it's a really it's gonna it has a potential to, to break some ground here. Um, so the prosecutor is, is trying to send a message, and the parents are in the uncomfortable position of being part of uh, an experiment, a legal experiment. Um, but it's weird because the prosecution, you know, in his trial said, hey, he's totally normal. This, this guy did this. He knew what he was doing. This is all on him. But then in their trial, it's like they should have known better. He was just a kid. You know, there's kind of a contradictory um, prosecution. And I know they're different trials and different cases, really, but... Uh, that is kind of interesting that they contradict themselves, don't you find? I mean, it's the same office, same prosecution. Or yeah, no, the, the two and the free press has written about this. Teresa Bald has written a lot about this. Is that in one hand they're arguing everything's cool, on yeah. the next hand they're arguing everything's nuts, and it's the same prosecutor making the arguments. So I was like, well, this this could be thrown back in your face when this gets to court. But I do think that um, I do think that the um, I do think that uh, that this case is, I don't want to say a long shot, but I think it's something that is no slam dunk for the prosecutor. And so if I was the parents spending all that time in prison, mm -hmm. I might say, hey, you know, let's, let's get this thing going just so that we can get out of here. Because if, if they're found not guilty, they get out. Yeah. If they're found guilty, they'll stay in. So what's the difference? I guess they're hoping that if the charges well, get the best, thrown you out, you want the best chance to be found not guilty. Well, well, I guess if the charges are thrown out, then you you walk that day, so you save the trouble of a trial. I don't know. That just feels to me like uh, I understand why they're going to the Supreme Court, but every day I was in jail unnecessarily, I'd be like, let's do whatever we can to get me out of here as soon yeah. as possible. On the other hand, it may be so horrible that you're thinking. Anything I do that risks me being here for longer than I need to be here isn't worth the risk. I just have never been in that position, never hoped to be in that position. It's been almost... Or hope to never be in that position. Yeah. And I think about stupid shit when they're in there, like uh, they have horses. Who's taking care of the horses? You know, who's paying the mortgage? <laughs> Is their house going under foreclosure? You know, who's who's dusting the the credenza? You know, that there's nobody to pick up the slack and it's not like they were the most oh, so, charming so, folks in the first place. You know, the, the rest of your life goes on and you're just sitting there powerless wait, to do anything so about are you, it. Are you one of those people when someone is not remanded immediately because they need to get their affairs in order after a multiple month trial? You're like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. You got a lot of affairs to get in order. Yeah, but when, Bullshit. You, when you own live things, how do you get your affairs in order? Like, you sell put them. them up for adoption? Yes. Send them to the glue factory? 100%. I mean, you need every dime you can get, get to pay for these attorneys. Well, Frankly, I would have sold them just to make the bond. Although, they, I don't know. They don't have bond, do they? Or do they? But they I think they or do, it but way I think too it's high. so high. It's, yeah. either, it's either no bond because people thought they tried to lamb, or it's so yeah, high that which there's they no way they'll... Frankly, I don't think they should because they did try to... You know, Remember, they were found in Detroit. 
Yeah, but there's some there's some disagreement over whether they were just trying Hiding to get out of their media. house because yeah. people were mad. Other parents might come to beat the shit out of them. You know, there's that's one of those things where when when you hear all sides, nothing seems completely uh, completely obvious. Mark, why don't you try and call our sure. student while I tell little people about how they can have a great time with the Michigan Peddler because summer's almost over. But the fall fun has just begun. Invite your friends and family up to 15 per bike for fun on Friday nights on the town, Saturday afternoons soaking up the sun, or a roving tailgate before a Sunday Lions game. It's the perfect way to get people socializing and off their damn phones, unless you're taking pictures of some of the great landmarks and other groovy spots here in Detroit where you can become an Instagram star. You know, why not try it? I, I'm told it's very lucrative. This is the party bike that's famous for cameos on Detroiters and for hosting celebrities from Solange, who's also known as Beyonce's sister. Athletes, media hotshots, and solo Detroit listeners have also cruised with the Michigan Peddler. Small groups are no problem, even if you have the Sean Windsor fan club who wants to have an outing, perhaps the smallest group ever, because the mini Peddler holds groups of six or less. Rides start in, start in Corktown, so you don't have to worry about traffic and parking. There's safe parking. Get on the bike. Do your thing. If you're booking a birthday celebration, you get a free T-shirt. And if you use promo code SOUL, that's S-O-U-L, you will get some free ML Soul of Detroit logo gear. Just talk to the good people at the Michigan Peddler. Tell them you're booking a soul ride. You're on the soul patrol. And then tell them what size you are, and we will hook you up with some cool swag. For more information, you can call the Michigan Peddler at 313, because it's in Detroit, 744-3272. Let me say that again. It's 744-3272, or visit michiganpeddler.com. That's M-I-C-H-I-G-A-N-P-E-D-L-E-R.com. And now it's we are joined what a terrible song. by our very special guest. What is this, uh, the MGO Blue song? Oh no, I heard this on Saturday. Yeah. Before the game, and then. It's quite a game. It wasn't much after Mackenzie that. should be there, yes. But, uh, but we are joined by a very special guest who is taking kinesiology classes, but I wish she was taking my advanced reporting classes because I think <laughs> Mackenzie Albee has a future as an investigative reporter because she is the one who led the effort to uncover the hidden past of her professor. Mackenzie, thanks for joining us today. Hi. So, how how are things going there at Michigan State? It's been it's been quite an eventful fall for you guys. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty crazy. Um, we got thrown off track a little bit in that class. I would say so. I mean, the very first day, it seemed to be thrown off track by this guy. Yeah. Um. Well, while I have the chance, um, I just want to say that i i can't take all the credit to um uncovering the articles um i'm not sure who specifically found them but um it was someone in my class yeah because you you joined a group me chat uh with people in the class and then it kind of hit you right there like oh my gosh this guy is, is yeah yeah he has quite the history uh, but but let's go back to that first day. I mean, you were you were there. This guy comes in. He starts ranting and raving. Um, I mean, what a red flag right there. What what kind of stuff was he doing that very first day? Um. Well, his behavior was kind of unusual and erratic on the first day, and um, he had mentioned that he had only worked for the university for a few days. So, 
Um, I just wasn't sure if he it was just because he was a new professor or maybe he just um, didn't handle stress very well. <laughs> now, how many kinesiology classes have you had so far? Um, well, this is my only my second one. Okay. And, in and, my major. And you've been on campus for a while, so you have seen professors come in. I mean, typically when I teach, the first day we get the syllabus, we talk a little bit about what we're going to do this semester. I ask the students to introduce yeah. themselves, talk about their experiences, talk about what they hope to get out of the class, hope, hope to do once they get out of Michigan State. And it's kind of a pretty soft start to the semester, but it yeah. sounds like that's not what you got. No. Um, well, it was a pretty large class, so because it's only a 200 level. Um, but he just seemed already... Uh, like irritated with any questions that we had to ask. Um, and he just, he claimed, he was like, I, I guess if you have any questions, then you can ask our um, assistant teacher because I don't know how to use um, D2L. So, so Which D2L is, an assignment, yeah. is a, is a, uh, is a, uh, a software program that, that professors at Michigan State use. I think it's. I think the D two L is something about D two learn. I don't know. I don't know it too well myself. I find it very frustrating to use. Uh, at the same yeah. time, I don't start screaming at students that this job that I took that requires <laughs> me to use this program is uh, you know confusing. I I generally say, hey, I don't use D two L a lot because it's kind of confusing. But here's how it works. It sounds like this dude came in amped up. I mean, did did it occur to anybody that maybe he was on something himself? Yeah, yeah. were there whispers in the room like, what is, is this guy on something? Um, yeah, well, the first day, after the first class, I um, tried to look him up on right, my professor to see uh, what pre uh, people have previously said about his other courses, and I just wondered if he really just had first day like nerves or if he was just always irritable. Um, but there were no results when I hmm. like looked up his name. I got to look myself up on rate be, be, because now. he used, because he used different aliases, but then the second day rolls around and he has another outburst, uh, this time at an IT employee who came in presumably to help him with this D2L assignment thing. Um, what, what was yeah. the, what was the second day? Like what were those outbursts like? Um, well, the I don't know if this was the first or second day, but there it was a pretty large class, like more than more than fifty people. So there's going to be talking, and mm -hmm. usually when professors when that happens, professors don't they just carry on with their lesson because it's not like a high school class. But he um, told everybody to shut up, and he was yelling at us. Um, Mackenzie, Mackenzie, were you, was it, yeah. was it a frightening thing or was it kind of like, what is, who is this guy's a nut? I mean, did people laugh when he did that? Cause I, my first response would be like, this guy cannot be serious. Yeah. I was just like, wow, this, this isn't really a high school level class. Like we're all, we're all adults. Yeah. So I, I just was like, really? Like, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I wasn't scared, but I was just kind of annoyed annoyed yeah no that's, that would be good I, I would be laughing at him which would probably you know make him yell some more 
So then after that, he just starts canceling classes, right? Yeah. Um, the, the week after he said that he had like the stomach bug and then after three classes were canceled, I decided to join a group me because there was just no, I had no instruction. I was just kind of lost. And then I saw that um, three days ago in the chat that the article, uh, someone had shared the articles. And and you have teaching assistants, right? So that if, if this guy doesn't show up and the students are like, well, if he's not showing up, I'm not telling anybody, the teaching assistants are going to drop a dime on him, right? And just say, hey, where's the boss? What are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, this is this is not the crime of the century. So now you're on this group chat, and, and, and we appreciate you giving credit to the folks, whoever they may be, who came up with some of these articles. But once you saw this, what what was your reaction? What happened next? Um, well, I knew things were suspicious after a week of canceled classes, but and I knew something was wrong, but I didn't I never suspected this. I was just in shock. And I was kind of like, well, now now what? Now who is going to be our professor? And we had an exam coming up too, so I was just kind of curious what would happen with um, our schoolwork and who who would be the instructor. So, so you've got an exam coming up, but but on what? What yeah. did he? I mean, were there readings? What was he going to quiz you guys on? His his uh, his intestinal, his uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, distress. I well, um, we had different software that he used instead of D two L, where we did have readings in that, but. We just kind of had the book, and that was it. Now, so. you, you said you were you were obviously disappointed in the university, I would assume, for hiring the guy. But how about after you made them aware that uh, this guy's busted for meth down in Louisiana? Are, are you happy with the way they've resolved it or how they've dealt with it since? Have they been – I mean, come on. The problem is with the Michigan State, immediately people nationally are going to be, oh, they want to cover it up. They want to keep it secret. Were, were they open about it? <laughs> um. Well, they just said that he had to leave for health issues. Um, so I don't feel like they're very open. Well, after that week, the next week when we came back, um, somebody came and had talked to us about what had happened, and he had questions. He, he so, had questions? What, for the students that found yeah. out? This, what? Wait a minute, wait a minute. He was, so, so you guys have questions, and the university sends somebody who brings questions, not answers. Yeah. Um, he well, it was the head of kinesiology, and he just was kind of asking about what his behavior was like. But well, yeah, because technically he's, then, he's not fired, right? I mean, he's just on leave. Yeah, I think it, he's just on leave. Is it hard, ML, as an adjunct professor, professor like you are? Is it hard to be fired? I mean, are you? Are you? No, I, you're. You're an at will employee, you're at will, right? Yeah. I mean, so why th- there just... is a union, but I think, you know, one of the ways that you don't teach the next semester is they just say, "Hey, we're not offering your class, or we don't have enough sections that we need." Because here, here's how adjuncts come in to uh, to a university: one, 
you're some kind of big shot who has a super cool podcast that everybody loves. Yeah. yeah. And then, or well, they don't have enough in? professors to teach a class and they're like, well, this warm body ought to be able to get us through it. So let's put him in there. I'm assuming that this guy was somewhere on the warm body scale because uh, I haven't read anything that said he's some world renowned kinesiologist. And, and Mackenzie, can, can you tell people real quick? What kinesiology is, because I think folks are are uh, are probably scratching their head because it's it, it it hasn't always been called this. It's a relatively new major at universities, but it's it's actually a pretty cool field. Yeah. Um. Usually, when people ask me what it is, they're kind of confused. It's um the study of muscle movement. Um. So, like someone who would be a physical therapist might have a degree in kinesiology. Or an athletic trainer. Is yeah. that what you want to do? What do you want to do? You want to be a, a trainer? Um, yeah, I, I think that's the path that um, I'm going to take with this degree. So what happens with this class this semester? Do they have somebody else teaching it? Or are they giving you guys a refund? Or are they hopefully allowing you to take the class for credit and giving you a refund because they put a screwball in the front of the classroom? Um, so we have a temporary instructor and it's somebody, um, that has worked at the university since like the nineties. She's great. She's a super good teacher. And I'm, I'm glad that we have her as our instructor for now. Well, I mean, a pretty low bar for her to come in right, and save that class. <laughs> All you have to do is well, not yeah. yell at the students and tell them to shut up. So this is this is probably the university saying, "Hey, uh, professor, so and so, will you take an extra class because we we're in a jam, and because we owe these kids a little more than they've had so far." So I'm glad to hear they're doing right by you guys, but no refund, eh? No. Uh, well, stay stay on it and and try and get more answers too, because I'm just fascinated. You know, the, the university won't say whether or not this leave is paid, right? Because he's on leave. Um, and usually yeah. when you won't say if he's being paid or not, he's probably being paid. Yeah. Hmm. So st stay uh, on it. I don't you know don't, about you disagree that. disagree with that? So, sometimes union rules uh, prevent you but from is saying... But in the union? I mean, you don't... Well, he may still be covered by a contract, whether, as Todd Bryan would say, union, whether he's in there or not. But um, And hi, Don and Carmen and Frank and everybody watching us uh, and listening to the show on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, but... Boy, oh boy, what what a uh, what a tough start to what has been a yet another crazy semester at Michigan State. And, and Mackenzie, be, before we let you go, because I'm sure you have to make up some of those projects that this guy yeah. put out there. But um, with everything that's been going on, and I've been a Spartan since 1985, I was like, what else is going to happen? And I got a I got a text from somebody saying the union is on fire. Did you what? did you get what? that last week? Um yeah, that was um what? that was kind of scary. Um What did you think? Yeah, did you like of, where, where am I? Is this is this crazy town? I was like what MSU just never gets a break. No. There's just no. there was always something going on. The good news but, is um, it was just like steam and stuff being released from the union and from above it looked like the building was on fire. The building was not on fire. So there's a little good news, but, uh, yeah. but holy smokes, what a a semester that you might want to forget, but you'll always remember. Um, 
we really appreciate you joining us and, and hope that the rest of the semester goes a lot easier. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for having me. Well, Mackenzie, uh, we'll send you a link to the show so you can share it with your friends. And uh, if you have any football players that come through your classes, because I know some of them are kinesiology majors, tell them to hang in there. We're, we're behind them, even if the management is a little tough to love. Yeah, I'll, I'll let them know. Okay, thanks. That's Mackenzie Albee, a great Spartan. She is proving the Spartans will. No matter what crazy stuff happens, they keep on fighting in tunnels and other places and wherever so i uh, have a, do you know you know what i meant to ask her what year is she i believe she's a sophomore sophomore so she was there last february 13th too. that's why when you hear the unions on fire yeah, we had that, a, that's what meant shooting me of, at yeah. them. i mean it's so i have looked up rate my professors oh great i'm uh, dying to hear how you're rated believe it or not there are 14 professors with elric in their name and I am the ha- highest rated of all of them with a 5.0 rating of what? five points, of five possible points. That's uh, I've only got two ratings. And here's what really hurts. What's the vetting process on these ratings? Level of difficulty, a two. <laughs> only a two? That's a tough class, man. That sounds like an easy one. Oh, but anyways, yeah. So that's well, five well, out of five. That's uh, pretty good. Uh, what are your little peacocky all of a sudden? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. One of my favorite classes. Look at that. Yeah, because it was so easy. Great teacher. Because <sighs> it was so easy. I'm not sure. If it didn't I always like the professors that taught the easy classes better than the hard ones. As long as you show up, participate in discussion, <laughs> keep up on current events, and show progress, you'll do great. You'll learn a lot. Great class. Would take again. Elric brings his years of experience right. to the classroom, the BJ. making it easy to learn <laughs> and very entertaining. What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Sadly, none of those skills have transferred to podcasting, but maybe someday. Maybe. maybe. Actually, I, I, I didn't want you to go down the road of reading about yourself. We'll be here all day. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm channeling the ghost of Sean. Or the uh, listener last week who said Elric has a huge ego. Uh, I mean, oh boy, that really stuck. You get those five out of five ratings. It's tough not to feel pretty good about yourself. But I'll tell you who I don't feel good about: Spartan Dogs for Life. <laughs> this is the NIL Why, because the program. The name is dumb. Oh, well, okay. So whatever. It's a silly name. All that other crap. But let me just think about this: You're a Spartan dog for life, <laughs> and you're funded by one of the millionaires. They gave Mel Tucker this ridiculous contract, which turns out to be a disaster. And you're supporting all the football players and all the basketball players. Well, at the football players' time of greatest need, when they need supports, when they need the Spartan Dogs for life to be with them, to show you that when the road is rocky and when the rise is high, no matter what, the Spartan Dogs are with you for life. It's in their name the Spartan Dogs for Life bail on most of these football players, on all but a half dozen or so. Isn't that right? Can I? Yeah. I mean, the whole basketball team still is getting their, their money's worth. Oh, so only Spartan Dogs for successful. But see, you're focused on the for life aspect of this. What if some of these guys have said, I'm going to, as soon as this portal opens, I'm, I'm gone. That's why I'm not playing the rest of the year. Were there a lot of guys out Saturday? No, the only two guys who we're aware of as of game time who went in the portal were Hank Pepper, the long snapper, who 
I think actually made kind of a bonehead play last year. Well, you technically can't him. be in the portal now, but after four games, but, you can yeah, retain they a year of eligibility. Right, yeah. because uh-huh. they, they can basically be a red shirt. And Coach Harlan Barnett said that he thinks Pepper pulled himself because he wants another year of college, which if you don't want to end your college career on sure. this team, tough to argue with that. And the other guy was, a, uh, I think, somebody in the secondary. I believe his name is Chris White, who's played in 21 games but hasn't seen much playing time. And the coach said he thinks he deserves more playing time. Well, well then that's I, credit to Harlan for keeping them all on board. That's well, good. Well, here's what I would say to this guy. Uh, I watch every game, and if I don't recognize your name and our secondary has been terrible and you can't break this lineup – Get your ass in the portal right away because they are going to love you at Valadosta State or at North Dakota State or at wherever Nowheresville place you're going to because if you can't get PT on this team, we're not going to miss you that much. But I do think this is a 30-day window and that we are going to see some other names go in there. And, uh, and you know, we, we, we wish them well. They certainly did nothing to have this plague visited upon them. But, uh, and but, then to have their money yanked underneath them from well, so, so I don't even know how much it is. It let's, be- let's get back to our, our geek of the week Spartan Dogs for Life. Okay, you know, you meddled in our program, and when the going gets rough, you bailed. That's not a mess in that message that you want to send. That's not what Spartan Dogs are supposed to do. You're supposed to stand behind your people. And if somebody says, I'm not going to play this season, then you can pull their NIL. But you do it from everybody except for a few people. Listen, I'm a Spartan dog for life, and I'm not going anywhere. And just because you're some rich bitch who throws some money at a program and tries to toss your weight around and sign a secret contract so you can get all kinds of perks you don't want anybody to know about, but when things go south, so do you. Spartan dogs for life, you can kiss my ass. You're also yeah. a geek of the week. <laughs> See you again. There's an all-night party in room 7609. And you can dance together all night if you've got the time. That's some 5.0 Geek of the Weekery right there, man. <laughs> Two ratings. Um, <laughs> so, so great. So, <laughs> now we know what you're obsessed. Now we know what you're going to be doing during the song. You know, I, 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 am, I am genuinely bummed out that Sean is not here for one reason and one reason only. Because I think he actually might like the song that we're playing in Room 7609. Because this is yet another suggestion from a listener for a song that was used... In a movie, it's a multiple movies, multiple well, shows, but one one in so, particular. Yeah, so John reached out and said, "Hey, ML, one of the best closing credits of a movie, Pixies. Yep. Where is my mind? Plays over the end of Fight Club. Great song in a great movie. By the way, just moved my daughter into Holmes Hall at Michigan State. John Holmes Hall. Very unfortunate. I'm in the <laughs> Spartans what family. Not, well, I'm not sure you want your daughter hanging out with John Holmes Hall, but it's named for a different." John, John Holmes, but uh, um, and it's has a quad. Oh, it's named for the porn star. I was thinking Johnny, of the other guy. Johnny Quad is what they Johnny have there. That's, that's where people hang out. It's, no, no, that's not. That's true. a really good uh, dad joke. That's five point uh, on a scale of five. Don't worry that's about it, John. Easy. Everything's cool over there. I think that's actually where the sciences of the medical kids go. So that's some. He's in some. Some. She's in some good company there. So John says, "I'm in the Spartans family now. Go green." 
And he offers us this gem from the Pixies, which he says is the closing credits of Fight Club. Maybe, maybe Mark will tell us about some other flicks oh, that gladly. he's been in. Such so, a good song. The first, it's got a really cold start, too. So. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was waiting for you to rap. Here's the Pixies where there's my mind. Stop. Stop. Are you a Pixies fan? 
I love the Pixies. You do? Okay. Not as much as my sister. By the way, Leah, I want my discs back. But no, no, you can keep them. You can keep them. I saw the Pixies open up for Love and Rockets at the Fox Theater in 1989 and wrote a review of the show. Loved Love and Rockets. Pixies sucked. And everybody <laughs> I knew was mad at me. They're like, how can you say that they're the darlings of college radio? They're fantastic. So then we drove to St. Andrew's Hall many months later during a blizzard. Pixies sucked. Black Francis stormed off the stage because he claimed he, he was is, getting shocked from the mic. He is very cantankerous. He is a not pleasant man, which is one reason why there is less Pixies music than there probably should be. And so he, he came back out, tried it again, stormed off the stage, and then the bottles started flying. But uh, I think the band tried to apologize but not a great live band so i went with my so, sister and some other people during yeah. the doolittle tour about 10 years ago when they were playing doolittle end to end it was a fine show again unspectacular very workmanlike but what a groundbreaking fantastic band so john love you because you're a spartan wish your daughter only the best Tell her to watch out on the kinesiology ratings but a uh, great great suggestion and my only complaint about fight club is every idiot in the world... How predictable it was? No, no. They Oh, I, I didn't see that coming, but every every idiot in the world says, first rule about fill in the blank oh, is you don't talk about first rule is fill in the blank. You're like, ah, oh, I get it, I got uh, so it. So I went to see uh, Weezer once, and the Pixies were opening for them. So Where like, were they playing? Uh, Pine Knob. Okay. So Pixie and, and Weezer. And I'm like, oh, great. I like I like both these bands. And so we get there. And it was one of those things where, hey, the Pixies are starting. I'm like, okay, we'll make our way over there. Thinking that that song would be, I don't know, towards the end of the set. You know, First one. It, it might be their best. God, is that's probably their best known song. And yeah, that's what they opened with. And it's like, really? Yeah, be kidding me. Because I, I do like Frank Black a lot. I, his solo, he's got two solo albums that are really, really good. Uh, I think we might play Frank Black <clears throat> next week on Room 7609. Oh, really? Yeah, he's got it. He got his one MTV hit is a great song. I really liked it, and it never really seemed to go which very one, far. Los Angeles? Uh, no, um, is it Headache? Oh, okay. I think that's. I'm, I want to say it's the second album. Once again, not New Wave at all, but great song. New Wave era, and mm. who's gonna who's who's gonna who's gonna mess with uh, with Spartan John? But yeah, I, w- I was gonna say yeah. It, this has been covered a lot. Uh, Where's my mind? Which, by the way, it's it's. I can't remember who said it, but they basically claimed that that song has become a very lazy Hollywood trope, and it's used in so many TV shows when they want to do like a montage of people that are confused about something. Oh, right? yeah. Like It's just that's how often they allow it to be used. But what's funny about it is I believe he wrote the song about scuba diving. Really? I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty much in the lyrics, too. Like He's talking about being down in the Caribbean. You know, where's my mind? Because he's scuba diving, and I, I want to say there were fish all around, and he didn't know which way was up or which way was down. So it's a very almost literal song, but that has taken on this bigger meaning because of movies and TV shows. It's it's in The Leftovers. It's in Mr. Robot. Um, it's been in a, a bunch of different TV shows and, and movies, but it's a great fucking song. Black Francis in a wetsuit makes me think of a manatee. Yeah, pretty much. But, he's, uh, he's a big dude. He's a bald cow. dude. Mm-hmm. Seek out. It's endangered. It's but a great choice. This is yeah. easily my favorite Room 7609 yet. 
Well, we are still looking for some of your suggestions for new wave songs that featured in uh, in movies, preferably as a theme. But if you have a great one you want us to play, send us all your suggestions for Room 7609. Uh, actually, Sean is welcome to do that. He only <laughs> seems to have complaints. He doesn't really have any suggestions. And if you missed last week's show, uh, he recommended a song that he'd only heard 30 seconds of. And That's when- true. When we played it, we realized that that was probably all that was worth listening to. But I know you. I love are... that he brought. I love that he brought it up after the song too. Oh. We miss Sean, but we miss Sean. Um, but you can. You are probably a little more erudite than, than Mr. Windsor, and you can send us your suggestions at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail That's also a great way to contact us with your feedback. I would like to thank our donors this week. But we don't have any. Oh, man. It's very sad. Oh, man. Small tear. Little tear rolling down. So, please, you can make a donation by going to mlsoulofdetroit.com. There's a button there for Venmo. There's a button there for PayPal. Try both of them. Why, why, why make a favorite? Why, why choose? You know, let's have some diversity here in your, in your largesse. And if you do hit the Venmo one and it says Daisy House LLC... It's us. Believe me, it's a long story, and it's not going to be well told. So just put a few coins in the cup. Um, Mark, would you like to start us off with feedback since we're thinking about uh, Michigan State? Let's stick with that before we get to our second favorite topic. Man, I got to say, the Michigan State rumors just don't stop in the emails. But I'm starting to wonder, are they coming all from the same people? using different names i just wonder um this time it's emma and emma writes uh emma shapiro is how the name comes across which i wonder if uh she's related to uh esther shapiro harry shapiro from the michigan undergrad library at the u of m the ugly no wow there's a bloop sorry Uh, what oh we can talk about michigan state all day but we can't talk about the fine buildings in ann arbor no no Um, we can go back and talk about those music professors they haven't get enough attention (laughs) oh yeah okay i saw an eye roll earlier so hi have you heard of an alleged schism between the biggest michigan state donors in michigan state's athletic department and bot what's bot board Board of trustees Trustees. billionaire steve st andrews official nil which we covered spartan dogs for life randomly ceased it did not cease on friday night they just Pulled back a lot of their money. Anyway, rumor is super rich donors want Michigan State to go all in on Urban Meyer, like immediately. Uh, <laughs> I don't buy that for a second that they would go after Urban Meyer. No, and and somebody uh, somebody on uh, on Twitter, I got to figure out what this is. This is such an awesome thing that people should check it out. On the one that own. that put him in Michigan State coaches uniform. Or, no, th- oh, this is. Lansing Facts on X put a picture of the Capital City Market, which is one of those smaller Myers that are meant for cities. Yeah. And they and they put a caption that says, There's only room for one urban Meyer in this town. Oh my god. So we've got our urban Meyer. Oh, and they lame, have lame. They have a wonderful fresh produce section. So I'm I'm with them. I have said it many, many times before, and I'll say it again because it's the truth. I'd rather cheer for a losing team I can be proud of than be ashamed of the best team in the country. So let's let's get it right, folks. Um, piece of feedback from Dan. Sean Windsor is the Admiral Stockdale of the soul of Detroit. <laughs> he wanders in and out while occasionally making an off-topic comment. Love the show. Dan, I couldn't agree more. And so... 
How many people know Admiral Stockdale? It's such a great reference. What am I doing here? That was a, a, another great Phil Hartman uh, char- oh, yeah. character. On, uh, he was on, Ross uh, Perot's running mate. SNL. He, in 92. Yes. The, the bit on SNL was Ross Perot dropping him off in the middle of the woods. Yeah, and he was uh, he was an admiral uh, in the Navy during Vietnam, and I think it's been some time as a POW, but somehow... He really clicked with Ross Perot, who loved the military, although I think he washed out of the Navy like as soon as he got there. Um, but yeah, he thought Admiral Stockdale was an American hero. He was. Admiral Stockdale mate. was an American hero. He was an amazing guy. It's just, I don't know what he was doing in 92. He was not the most charismatic guy, but the, he did say perhaps the most, the most incisive comment ever made during a presidential or a vice presidential debate. Oh, yeah. When everybody was arguing, and he just looked at the camera and said, this is why we're in trouble. Yep. This is what's wrong with this How prophetic. That was 30 years ago, and it's truer today than it ever has been. So, <laughs> so Sean? Admiral uh, Sean Stockdale. You, you are in good company. Dan, thanks for, thanks for nailing that one. Um, and I think, in honor of Sean, we should call upon our friend Cyrus. To take us out? Can you dig that? It's Can what you he- dig it? Can you dig it? This operation is ML and Mark and Sean's the silent partner. Nobody moves whistle in the south. No matter what happens, no more bloodshed. What's your name? Heisenberg. If you've gone crazy, that's something I need to know about. I am awake. Down, man! Look at that! Look! Do you recognize that? All I have left is ML Soul of Detroit. 